Hello, everyone. We are excited to have Lizzie Means Duplantis and Sarah Means, the sisters behind the luxury cowboy boot brand, Mirren Crosby, on the Style That Binds Us podcast today. Mirren Crosby launched in 2017 after the sisters saw a gap in the market. They had moved from New York City back to Texas, and they had long dreamed of bringing an authentic yet elevated fashion forward luxury cowboy boot to the market and we are very glad that they did if you have not seen the shoes you are going to absolutely die they are fabulous the boots are loved by casey musgraves Gigi hadid gwyneth Paltrow, gwen Stefani, jessica alba hillary swank and many others they've been featured in vogue harper's bazaar l town and country gardening gun as well as other top publications thank you for being here Thank you so much for having us. We're so excited to join you both and um, are so grateful to you for thinking to invite us on. And what a lovely intro. I think you kind of got it covered. Thank you. (laughs) Well, we adore cowboy boots and this is Delia speaking. And I grew up a serious tomboy. If you know me now and didn't know me then, that might be a surprise. But I refused to take off a red and or pink pair of cowboy boots growing up. So adorable but it does kind of surprise me that you didn't love the pink and red I guess I did I don't know mom yeah you 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 love them definitely she she also didn't want to ever wear a dress she wanted to be in her little overalls it was really hard to get her to put on a dress but we could wear the dress if we got to wear the pink cowboy boots with the dress kind so, of compromise I love it and now you're in fashion so things have evolved Absolutely. And she still feels it. Well, we both feel exactly the same way now about cowboy boots, for sure. Yes. Gosh, Yes. So let's jump right in. Do you want to tell us what led y'all to start Mirren Crosby? You know, Lizzie and I were both living in New York City after college for several years. And we had this tradition uh, on Friday evenings, we'd meet for margaritas or ranch waters and go get foot massages. And then I would invite myself over to uh, her apartment for dinner with her and her husband, Seth, uh, mostly said that they would pay for my dinner. (laughs) And um, on all of these occasions, I remember specifically one night we met at a hotel bar near where I worked um, on Crosby Street and this really chic woman walked across the room and we were talking about how fabulous she was and her boots. And she had on just regular riding boots. Um, and we had access to my uncle owns um, an amazing and very storied cowboy boot manufacturing facility and, you know, cowboy boot line that's produced in South Texas. And he always used to make our custom boots. And so we were talking about how fabulous her riding boots were and started talking about designing a pair of what we were going to order kind of next from, uncle trainer and through that conversation and and many similar, you know, we just found ourselves again and again, really lamenting that we felt like we couldn't buy a ready made, you know, cowboy boot that was exactly what we were looking for that, you know, maybe was a little more tailored or kind of more elevated than what was on the market and readily made. And we talk about endlessly about how fun it'd be to work together and to launch a company and and do this. And, um, because we had that amazing access to our production facility years later, my sweet uncle agreed to make our label. So all of our boots are made by hand, um, in South Texas, which we're super proud of. And, you know, we consider it such an honor to be domestically produced and also to, um, you know, continue on this amazing true craftsmanship that our artisans have mastered. So all of our boots are made by hand in South Texas and we design them and we launched in 2017. So that is a little bit of what led us to start Mirren Crosby. Um, and then also I should mention, we were reared on our family's working cattle ranch in far West Texas. So cowboy boots are very much uh, a part of our, of our history and our heritage. And that, that was why we were trying to order custom ones in New York city. I think that's so fascinating that you had this connection with your uncle who and his factory and all of his artisans and everything, that was such a perfect segue for y'all to get into the business. And I'm curious to know about your design process. Well, I think too, you know, to Sarah's kind of what she said about us having grown up on our family's cattle ranch and boots always being very much a part of our our aesthetic and our wardrobe, you know, fast forward, when we lived in New York city, we certainly wore them. I was uptown and finance in a much more kind of conservative environment. Sarah was downtown in fashion and a kind of a much more creative one. Mm-hmm. We wore our cowboy boots and people just 
reacted to them. They loved them. So as we kind of started thinking about wanting to launch a collection and, and bring what we felt like was a really elevated kind of contemporary special luxury cowboy boot to market, we took into account what it was that we wanted to have in our wardrobe and what special boots that we'd had that kind of had marked our lives. Sarah had given me boots when I got married and, you know, I had boots then when my children were born or when we pledged sororities or we broke up with boyfriends, like whatever it may be, you know. <laughs> um, but that said, I think that our design process is really reflective of where we are in our lives. Our first collection really kind of sat back to the flora and fauna of West Texas and the surroundings under, you know, around which we we were raised. Um, so lots of like, birds and floral and cacti and things like that. And then, you know, even as recent as kind of the COVID epidemic, when it started in 2020, that spring, we went back to the ranch. And I think that our collection spring of 2020 that we launched in fall, fall, winter 2020 was much more kind of reflective of of where we were a little bit pensive, a little bit hopeful, a little bit so, you know, it was like a, a lone daffodil coming out of kind of what looked like mm-hmm. um, cracked cement on the boot and things like that. Uh, there was like a boot that we did was very graphic with was black and white with love kind of all around the oh. shaft. And and then this year, as we kind of looked to, um, we were in fact just working on designs for fall winter of 2022, mm-hmm. which is wild to say. Mm-hmm. It's a lot, it's kind of a little bit influenced by some recent travel we've done and it's just kind of all, ever evolving. So design mm-hmm. comes from, I think our surroundings, I think our experiences, and I think too, just kind of like where we are in our personal lives. Right. Uh, how many pair do you all have each? <laughs> <laughs> so actually, this is a difficult question to answer because we are the same size. So oh. um, we share a collection, which is uh, mm. a little scary because we can truly justify anything. Um, <laughs> we love to collect vintage and, you know, obviously have lots of our own designs. So I can't really say a number because things tend to go missing in my closet, if you know what I mean. <laughs> <laughs> well, and they're scattered. I mean, yes, I take a lot of series and she takes some of mine, but they're also scattered. Like I feel like quite a few of ours are at our, you know, our um, mm-hmm. childhood home at the ranch and mm-hmm. friends have them or we have them up at the store and ask them. They're kind of like everywhere, but gosh, if we had to guess, what do you think, Sarah? 70 pair or something like that? I mean, it's pretty wild. Probably <laughs> 35 between the two of us on each, each end, something like that. It's like an art collection. It is. It's kind of addictive. Which yeah. Is a good thing, I guess. Well, and Lizzie said made this point earlier, but so many of those are really sentimental for us. And I feel right. like Cowboy Boots have really marked our lives and kind of encapsulated really special experiences and feelings, you know, in, in a way that certain other um, pieces of clothing really don't for some reason. And I think there's a romance and a nostalgia kind of around the silhouette. And we obviously love that and are really trying to convey that kind of to our clients and customers um, as well. Yeah. I I also think they are very, when you wear them, you feel very powerful. It's true. There's something about the cowboy boot. It's just, it's a very romantic silhouette. And I think kind of like, you're exactly right. Kind of the Mm -hmm. grit or the, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. there's something to it. It's almost kind of like men's wear for women. You know, they were, I guess, traditionally women, men's shoes so long ago. So when you put them on, you just, you just do, you just feel kind of badass. And Allison, <laughs> do you find that that's true in, in your styling? Do you find that people kind of gravitate towards them for certain events or, you know, mm-hmm. they kind of want to be armored with that feeling with? I do. Or they want to be armored. And so they don't know what the piece is going to be. But when we put on the, the Western boot or, you know, sometimes it's a moto jacket or whatever it is, even if you wear it in a feminine way, that touch kind of gives them this uh, superpower. You know, they feel sexy and fabulous. It's it's really a remarkable thing that that can convey. Well, and it's fun because I feel like our boots are such a statement piece. You kind of mm-hmm. build your outfit around them. And I, I agree. They just kind of, they're always a talking point, which is fun. I always get a lot of attention, which, which I love. So, right. Yeah. It really is like wearing a piece of art. It really is. It is. Your boots. And you just walk in a very certain specific way. At least I do when you're yeah. wearing, I feel like. Mm-hmm. all of the shoes are so different. So there's no reason to justify, even if you said I have 300 pairs, I mean, <laughs> keep them coming. Yeah. I'm here for that. I like that. <laughs> is there any other place? I know you were talking about travel and then of course it makes sense as you evolve adding men's and children's as you are getting married and having children. Are there any other places that you draw 
inspiration from? I think travel is especially huge for Lizzie and me. And we've so missed being able to do some of that, but we actually really recently were so lucky to spend about a week and a half in Egypt. We just got back early last week with our parents celebrating a big milestone birthday. And, you know, it's interesting. I think motifs we found repeated again and again that, you know, were ancient, but modern um, in so many ways were really inspired by, I think, flora and fauna, you know, anything in nature, being the ranch kids that we are, we always are quite drawn to. And then of course, you know, we glean inspiration and lots of creativity from street style and also kind of high fashion, anything that's happening on the catwalks. That's wonderful. And right now, cowboy boots are definitely having a moment. I'm having a moment, but we like to think that, and yes, and I'm so grateful for that. They're really relevant and high fashion, but Sarah and I like to think that we're going to kind of shepherd the cowboy boot to a seat at the fashion table in a way that it's really relevant and always kind of will be. It's such a timeless um, kind of classic piece. And we think that they should be, Sarah always says it so well, kind of a part of everyone's wardrobe, like a great mm-hmm. is, or for men, mm-hmm. like, a, you know, a dress loafer or something. So right, um, sure, kind of our mission, I think, and um, we're going to get there. I think that's great. And the people that brought them to the limelight this time were French and Italian. So they were inspired by the Western United States, you know, and, and the history of the West to create right. these boots. So that's your wheelhouse. So, and it's really fun to wear things that are, you know, timeless, completely unique to you, which your boots are. It's not just a Western boot. It's a work of art. Thank you. All right. So how, how are the boots made? We know how you get your inspiration and you know, how you, go about, I guess, starting the design process, but, but then what happens? Oh, you know, after the boots are patterned, we typically meet with the artisans and walk through new designs and then everything is hand cut, hand inlaid, hand applique, and then it's assembled. And that all happens, you know, in South Texas by our amazing team of artisans. Um, and we feel really, really honored to work with people that have such immense experience, um, and creativity and just ability. Um, it's, it's unbelievable. And, you know, Lizzie and I have so cherished kind of the times that we have really felt like we were, and I hesitate to say, you know, breathing new life into their work because they're amazing. It doesn't need new life, but I think that we have asked them to do things that they haven't been asked to do before. Um, and, you know, especially kind of art and Andy, our, our lead artisans always, you know, kind of laugh and say, girls, I haven't seen that skin since the eighties or, you know, I didn't, <laughs> I didn't think I would be cutting, you know, metallic purple stars today, but right. they are. Um, and they're, they're so great. And, and have been such amazing partners and we feel really honored to celebrate that artisanship. And we hope that our, you know, the foundation of our business does that because it's such a special thing. And so much of what they do too, is frankly a dying art. And so we're mm. grateful to continue that, that legacy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's immensely important. And how many collections do y'all have a year? You know, it's interesting. We, we typically do a spring, summer and a fall, winter, but we're a little less traditional than the typical fashion calendar. And so we sure. kind of drop by style mm-hmm. when they're ready because we're small and, you know, made by hand and small batch um, and artisanal. We kind of, frankly, when, when, they, when we're ready, they come. So uh, <laughs> yeah. Maybe. Yeah. Exactly. So things are always kind of popping up and new, but we typically try to have a spring, summer and a fall winter. So two mm-hmm. collections a year. And then we do something fun at, you know, for a resort, like at the holiday time. Mm-hmm. Oh my goodness. And what's nice is that the cowboy boot, I mean, maybe some people would think of it more as fall winter, but it really is year round. Oh, certainly. Yes. <laughs> certainly on a ranch in Texas. Exactly. <laughs> well, and you know, I think too, our, the variety in our silhouettes really offer something for every seasonality, which is nice. So, you know, a cream shorty looks super normal 4th of July in Dallas when it's 108 degrees outside, you know, and yeah. that's um, fun. So maybe not, you know, when you want to wear your super tall 18 inch yeah. you know, right. black croc boots, but we like to think we offer something kind of for every, every mm-hmm. game. Mm-hmm. You do. And uh, there's just so much to talk about. But right now, let's talk about the stores. So tell us about your experience opening and running brick and mortar stores. And please, I'm really hoping that you're going to have some plans for New York City. Oh, well, we'd love to. I mean, New York City's the Mecca. We'd love to get there at some point. I think Sarah and I, you know, because we're domestically produced, 
and made by hand makes a ton of sense for us to be direct to consumer. Mm-hmm. Also, you know, we, we stand on the pillar of our boots being able to be customized um, in some aspect or fully customed. So because of that, we really, really love the idea of people coming in the studio, meeting us and having a ranch water and working mm-hmm. through the design process and making their boots like special for them. We also have kind of a cool program by which people can take a handwritten note that will transcribe onto leather in your handwriting and then sew in the liner. So there's oh just God. all kinds of super, super personal aspects to our business. That said, we do have a, a web presence, but really being kind of direct to consumer. So we knew we wanted to have a brick and mortar from day one. And that's the Dallas store has been great. We're so thankful and really grateful for the response. And um, but because of that, we felt we had an opportunity to look to open in another market and uh, signed a lease this summer, this last summer um, for a space in Aspen and then launched that store in November. So it's our second brick and mortar in Aspen, Colorado. And it too is, is off to a great start. And, and, and we're excited about the opportunity there and, 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 and seeing what else might, might be on the horizon. I, I mean, Opening one store was tough. Opening the second store, I, I feel like we, we have a lot of lessons learned. It's getting easier, but certainly a lot of commitment from us, like, you know, to, to get resource-wise, to get it staffed and spend a lot of time away and that sort of thing. So um, kind of trying to figure out how to to kind of keep up with, I think, the, uh, the traction that our business has, but also be responsible as far as like what we can manage resource-wise and even with the factory, like what they're able to, without, you know, negating any quality, um, mm-hmm. what they're able to keep up with, so. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm sure the people in Aspen are absolutely going crazy over the boots. Oh, well, thanks. It's a great market for us. It's also a ton of fun. Um, I don't know if you ever get up there, but Aspen's a really special Oh, place. my God. It's incredible. Definitely. I do she had a jewelry business a store in Birmingham, and then she opened a second one in Aspen. Oh, et cetera. I'm obsessed. Yes, and now they've, you know, they've moved there. Uh, I can't wait. I mean, they live there. Sarah, Sarah, yes, I was, um, I was not uh, at the opening because I was having a baby, but Sarah um, spent some money, et cetera. And now she brought me a little gift, which is so good. good. I like to support the local economy. You know me. Oh, sure. Uh, Make love in the boots for sure. uh Thank you. But it's a a beautiful store. Mm -hmm. Yes. I I could see why they live there. It's it's a great place and people have been so welcoming and we're so, so excited to be a part of that community and hope to get ingrained there and are working to do so. Very, very proud of y'all for doing that, for having not one, but two stores plus direct to consumer. That's a whole lot. Thank you. It's fun. But um, to answer your question, New York is always on our radar and certainly um, a a North Star for us. So we'll see what shakes out. Mm -hmm. That would be fascinating. Um, What do you bring from your previous careers? Tell us a little bit more about the previous careers in fashion and finance to Miriam Crosby. Sure thing. So this is Sarah. And I actually out of, after school, I mentioned lived in, worked in New York city and I worked in fashion in wholesale sales, but I worked for a small company. I worked for Leffler Randall, which is no longer a small company. They're growing and, and, and are a very big deal and such a fabulous, fabulous brand. But when I was there, it was still a bit smaller and I was on the wholesale team, but I sat next to the production team um, and wholesales, as you know, quite cyclical. And so in between markets, when I had less to do or wasn't as busy. I would, I was always really fascinated and obsessed with what they were doing and kind of tried to help out that team. And so I feel like I got a peek into not only kind of the, the business end, which comes with sales, but then, you know, more of kind of the brass tacks and then back. And it's always kind of been a passion of mine. So that's really where I learned the fashion business. And then Lizzie is Lizzie's the, our resident smarty pants. So she, yeah, but I was in finance in New York. I was in finance. And so I really lean on Sarah for all things, you know, kind of understanding how, um, how our business mm-hmm. should run. Um, and it's just all, all new to me. So anyways, but yes, I worked in finance. I was at Goldman Sachs and then I was at a hedge fund called Tiger Global. And, you know, I, I cannot handle more like the the business side of our business and kind of the operations. And so I, I, there's, you know, some of that that comes along with having worked in finance. Um, but I really kind of think that kind of came into a great network that's been really supportive with you know, as I launched my own business and mm-hmm. got it off the ground, I think along the way, the people that I've kind of like brought into my fold, which I'm so grateful for, took interest in me and took interest in what I was doing after I left the firms I was with have been um, really instrumental in kind of our success. And so I'm grateful for that. It's always so interesting to see how, you know, when you have your company, the positions that you had before 
in ways that you did not expect mm-hmm. come back around yeah. when yeah, yeah right it's really true and it's so fun like Sarah's job in particular was such a I'm so grateful for her time and experience at Laughlin Randall because she learned so much that I mean it's the reason that we were able to have the business that we have and right. so I'm grateful for it but you're right I do think everything happens for a reason and it's kind of funny you know people always say like what advice do you give to yourself and when you're you know at 20 and I have to say, I kind of think just lean in because at some point you're going to realize, you know, why, why you were doing what you were doing and why you were where you were. Yeah, you exactly. It's funny. Yes. And Tiger Global, it's so funny. I've subscribed to some finance emails and I'm always seeing their name. And today it was how Tiger Global found its winning strategy. So well, I can't take credit for their success there. I mean, right. I mean, it, it's a pretty impressive firm, but, um, and I was grateful to be a part of it. There's great people that work there and, and people that run it are just incredibly bright. Mm-hmm. So, uh, thank you though. Yeah. It's a neat place. I can just picture you. I loved reading about how you would even wear the cowboy boots to work with all those finance people. Oh, I know. And my theory pencil skirts back in <laughs> the early 2000s. Yep. Sure but that's did. what I'm talking about with the power. Yeah. Going exactly. with a bunch of men and you got on your cowboy boots with your skirt and I immediately <laughs> respect you. Absolutely, Miss Allison. You Makes got for it. a good story anyway. Yeah. No, it's perfect. It's, it's, it's perfect. Will y'all tell us about the name? How did you choose it? Sure. So uh, name was hard. We always say that like naming the business was really tough. Um, but we finally came up with Marin Crosby, Marin being a play on our great grandfather's name. Um, he was a really dapper kind of uh, a cow man that just had a lot of charisma and was really dynamic. And we just kind of loved the idea of, of kind of the family thread um, through, through our, our name. And then um, it's also, Marin is another word for myrrh, and we liked kind of the double complications of this business being a gift, and so we were excited about the opportunity to have it. Um, and then Crosby is a street on our, or sorry, a street in New York where Sarah and I both kind of spent so much time, and she worked and lived. Um, and then also a pasture on our family's cattle ranch. And so again, we love the synergy of kind of New York meets uh, meets West Texas. So that's how we came up with Crosby. I love it. I love it. I guess the Crosby Street, but not the the other part. That's really, that's so great. So cool. So you name the different fields? Yes, exactly. The different pastures on the ranch, right? They're kind of different areas where, um, you know, we'll move cattle from one uh-huh. to the other to kind of give it time to rest um, uh-huh. between, you know, let the grass grow back and that sort of thing. And mm-hmm. yes, um, to distinguish them, we have the, their name. I love that. I love learning about new things. Well, come see us at the ranch. We'll teach you all kinds of things. <laughs> I don't know. It'll be so, so much fun. By way, of, uh, by way of interest, how did you guys name the podcast? You know, we named the business because we're also, Jay works with emerging brands. I work with women in their closets and we have, you know, YouTube channel and newsletter and all that stuff too. And we were just playing around with different things. I was in Birmingham. She was in New York and she was still at Barney's at the time and we were just, we would think of something and text it. And the other person would be like, Hmm, you know, maybe. Uh-huh. And then I don't know. I just thought, I don't know what something, the ties that bind us, you know, you always think of the ties that bind or whatever, because we knew it needed to be something about mother, daughter and uh, familial at least. And then I thought, well, obviously there's, there's too many people doing ties that bind, you know, that would be a nothing new. And so then fashion style, the style that binds us, we just kind of worked on it. And then it just popped up. I love that. It is nice. When it finally, when it's the right thing, it's kind of like, oh, there it is. Right. Exactly. Exactly. It makes me think about, you know, when you're dating a bunch of people and then you meet someone, you're like, (laughs) oh, that's it. You know, (laughs) you know, just kind of know right away. Okay. So this is a good question too, that I'm fascinated by. I want to know how a person should go about choosing a pair of your boots. I mean, there's just too many too many different styles and possibilities. How do you, how do you help people narrow it down? Well, if anybody could answer this question, it's you, my friend, the stylist. Um, <laughs> I truly think, and I, we love to spend a lot of time on the floor and Lizzie and mm-hmm. I both make an effort to be on the floor selling 
quite a bit. Um, and we're lucky to be able to do that. Our office is right above the store and in Dallas. And so we're here and on the floor quite a bit. And I always encourage people to just buy what they love. You know, it's mm-hmm. kind of one of those things. If you're excited about it, you'll work it into your wardrobe. Um, mm-hmm. and so don't come in thinking, Oh, but I should be responsible and buy mm-hmm. the brown or the black or the cream. I mean, if you love the metallic light blue, buy it because you'll, right. you will, um, you'll wear something that you're so excited about. You know, I think we've all experienced that. Absolutely. So crazier piece or a crazy colored handbag that you end up just wearing all the time. Oh um, yeah. And to Sarah's point too, I think we really try to encourage people just to be broad-minded about throwing their boots on. So mm-hmm. if it's like with a white eyelet skirt and you're in the summertime and you're, you know, like, I don't know, running errands, like throw on your cowboy boots, or if it's carpool and you have ripped jeans on, throw on your cowboy boots, you're going to take mm-hmm. leather leggings, throw on your cowboy boots. I think sometimes when you just don't overthink it, I, I guess for so long, people felt like they wore their boots mm-hmm. to you know, a special Western event or the ranch or the rodeo or something. Exactly. So you just start wearing them. You'll find that first of all, they're extremely comfortable. And second, they just kind of pull an outfit together really nicely. So Right. They're, the the fact that they, they are functional as well. It's the yeah. same thing like with scarves when people say, well, will you tie it for me and show me exactly how I'm supposed to wear it? I'm like, that's not, you know, you don't look at scarves that way because you would be messing with it all the time that it wasn't exactly in the right position that you thought right. it would be exactly. in. It's a functional yeah. piece. Once you start thinking of the boots, they're comfortable. I can wear them in all different kinds of weather. They're durable. They can totally elevate a look or they can also be as casual as jeans. I mean, as uh, like being in your workout gear, but thank God you've gotten out of your workout gear. You know? <laughs> exactly. And and then it becomes a natural part of your look when you, you know, when you wear them that way. So that's great advice that you give people. Well, thank you. What are your most popular styles? You know, we kind of have three shaft heights. So the shorty, which is kind of like an ankle um, mm-hmm. height boot, and then the midi, which comes up kind of halfway up your calf and then the tall, which mm-hmm. kind of covers your calf. And we find, again, Sarah's really good at this and probably knows more than I do, but that the shorty is just a little bit less of a commitment, easier to kind of like weave in, especially if you're a new cowboy boot user. And mm-hmm. um, so we sell a lot of shorties. And I think that might be our most popular um, silhouette. Mm-hmm. And then as far as styles, we have one that um, has jumping stars um, cut out on it. They start on the counter, which is kind of the ankle part of, uh, or the mm-hmm. heel part of the boot. And then kind of sprinkle up the shaft and um, they're jumping instead of shooting or falling. Cause we love the idea of, luck and optimism and blessings and um, kind of coming from that but that uh, it's a, such mm-hmm. a spectacular boot really really well done and um i think it's our most popular style mm-hmm. very signature for us yes. yes kind of harkens back to the west texas um, night skies which we right like. mm-hmm. right and i can see how the shorty would be sort of the gateway to yes moving on up <laughs> moving on up right there and keep going right mm-hmm Yes, especially for someone who maybe wants to start small or maybe a cowboy boot is dating or something. Right. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. We find that people always say it's an easy transition from a sneaker or a booty. Right. Yes, and much preferred to a sneaker. You know, sneakers are great, but Mm -hmm. also like to get dressed, right? Yes. Yes. Mm -hmm. Oh, my goodness. We love a family business, of course, and not only that y'all work together as sisters, but also supporting your uncle. And it's just the most incredible thing. So will you tell us a little bit about what it's like, your experience working as a family? Sure thing. And I I will say to just at the onset that I'm super, um, we're super lucky in that our partnership has been really great. Um, Both mine with Lizzie, but also ours with my uncle and his family. It's interesting. When we first started working together, my uncle said, girls, I'm excited about this. Let's do it. And he said, but I want you to know that you will take food off of your, off of your family's table to pay family before you will to pay a stranger. And so I want you to watch that. And I thought that was kind of interesting advice. Um, you know what I mean? And, and because you're so close and you don't want to let your family down or be embarrassed or want everybody to know your business or whatever it is. Mm -hmm. So he, through, you know, that advice and then his subsequent actions is always, we've, we've really kind of tried to delineate it and be as professional as possible. Um, and that's been nice too. It's allowed for really open and honest communication. Um, 
And at the end of the day, we, you know, we shut our laptops and go to dinner and talk about personal stuff and kind of try to turn it off. And I think mm-hmm. too, Lizzie and I have also really um, tried to practice that, you know, when we first started, I think we found ourselves sort of missing being social and we talked about work all the time or, you know, whatever that was. And so we've kind of disciplined ourselves to at some point, um, turn it off and really kind of focus on just being family and talking about, you know, just gossip and shopping and boys uh, as we do, uh, every once in a while. So I think just kind of some discipline and some delineation there, um, has, has been really beneficial, uh, to that end. I think we have really open and honest communication, which is helpful. Um, and then, you know, we're, we're eight years apart in age, which I think too has been nice because we communicate differently and kind of have different proclivities and all of that. So, um, we're kind of at different like life stages, which I think is kind of yin and yang of our, of our kind of probably super similar to you two. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. that said, I'd be curious to know how you guys work together. But that said, I think like when we launched this business, we really did. We intentionally sat down, had a very honest conversation, promised ourselves that like, you know, our relationship came right. first and foremost. Um, and, and I know that sounds kind of maybe cheesy or something, but it's no, just, we were no, really, really curious about it. And it, yeah, it's always in the back of my mind that if, if this is kind of becoming more than, a, you know, more right. than our family that we'll walk away. And, right. and I think I've always kind of, that's in the back of my mind. When we interviewed Rebecca Minkoff, she was taught, she works with her brother very closely. You may or may not know that he's the tech wizard. And right. when she had her baby, they actually went to therapy because he didn't really understand that she couldn't just still be working 24 seven and, you know, someone would take care of the baby or, or whatever. So there's always checks and balances and, you know, business partner versus family member. But I think one of the good things is, you know, obviously with the mother and daughter, but with a sister, sister too, if there's a time when you have a migraine headache or your child is sick or you're both worried about your mother, I mean, you know, there's that aspect that if you were just working with other people that were not family, you would just keep that in a lot of times, you know, but for when you're family, you can say at this, I've got to go home. I can't do this today. You know, it would be, well, of course you go right ahead. Um, so that's kind of nice. Well, and Sarah gives me so much grace and I'm constantly mm-hmm. grateful for it, but also we'll pay it forward when she's in my shoes. That's but, right. Um, yeah. <laughs> we're really lucky too. At the end of the day, we can't divorce, you know, we're kind of in there. Right. Right. And I know so we're all cute. the skeletons are very, that's right. nice to me. That's right. no and it's interesting because all of us had worked in corporate environments and then later became entrepreneurs and not only that worked with our family so we've really seen both sides of the coin I guess and it has it's such a joy to be able to build something that you all of four of us truly believe in together with family. And yeah, so it's, I think it's a, an extremely unique thing that many people, most people do mm-hmm. not do. Totally. Mm-hmm. I'm sure you all hear all the time. I could never work with my sister or I wish my sister and I did something. That's what we hear all the time. Uh, you're right. Yeah. Yes. That's I a- love my mother, but I couldn't work with her or <laughs> my mother and I have always talked about doing something together. You know, it's, it is a common thread for people to be introduced to the brand. All right. Do you have any tips for entrepreneurs? Lizzie has really good advice. I think I don't know about that, but I, I, I think you've got to have passion. And I think like, if you really have a passion about something, there's a reason for it. And, and I, I encourage people all the time here asking about kind of starting a business or kind of putting a plan in action for, um, for an idea that they have talk to people, tap your network. There are people who've gone before you who have been successful, whether it's someone, you know, or someone you'd like to know, ask, ask to meet, ask to speak, ask to kind of run thoughts by them. I think there's something to leveraging people with experience and with a, a knowledge and kind of understanding like maybe what your options are, what you're not thinking about, or what a roadblock could be. And I, I think that, you know, really like bouncing the idea of Marion Crosby off people. And then once we kind of got serious about starting the business, like ideas we had, you know, whether it be a friend of ours, he was also in retail or someone who had, mm-hmm. I don't, I'm, I'm not, I'm not, no, you are. I think, yeah. To tap your network mm-hmm. and, tap, and, and like, yes. And, you know, ask people specific questions and 
Yes. Respect their advice. But you know what I mean? To your point, like people, people are happy and anxious to help you and they want to, and they have great advice, but you know, ask him and, and people like to being part of your success, which I mean, I love, I've loved the opportunity to be, you know, helpful to someone who, who would have a successful business. So yeah, I think that, I think that sometimes is people don't mm-hmm. like, don't want to share their idea or whether they're self-conscious about it or, or, right. you know, I think it's important to, well, I think we're all so it. programmed to make it look or sound like we know what we have all the answers. And I think, mm-hmm. you know, the only time any progress is really made is when you're humble enough to try something new or, you know, you got to get your ego out of the way or ask a dumb question or ask a great question, you know, and figure something right. out. And so I think, I think so much of, of that is kind of letting the ego go and tapping mm-hmm. your, um, your network and your resources. Yeah. Yeah. That'd be my advice. Sarah, do you have other advice? <laughs> um, this is an interesting one. And I, I think this is going to, this is maybe a newer one for me this year, but I, um, am working on taking really extreme ownership kind of for all of the aspects of my business. So, you know, for example, if a package is late, well, maybe that's not particularly my fault, but it is. Do you know what I mean? We should have had mm-hmm. better uh, mechanics in place and all of that. So kind of like a no excuse mentality. Um, and it sounds like it's putting a lot of pressure on me, but it's not particularly, it's more like, let's all take lots of ownership for our, you know, communication and then figure out how to be better and, and, uh, more quick and kind of all of that. So that's something I'm really focusing on this year. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think that's great. Instead of people have a tendency to blame things on other people, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, less that, but more. Yeah, exactly. And just kind of, if you put yourself in the shoes of being the person that was responsible for it, it's also more motivating to figure it out. <laughs> right. And you're the leader. So you need to be accountable for all of that, for sure. And I think another thing about not asking for help too, is as Southern women, we don't want to um, bother people. Mm-hmm. You know, ask them to take time out of their busy day to, to do something for us. So that's super too, I think. Right. It doesn't come, it, it isn't, you've got to be intentional about it. It doesn't, I don't think it's like a second nature to ask for help, you know? Right. Exactly. And you can flip it over and say, well, how would I feel if someone came to me? Well, obviously you would feel flattered that they thought you might have some answers for them, that you were a success, you know? So works both ways. Exactly. Yes. And I think knowing what to ask for being specific about it, I hate it when it's a networking call and they're like, so how can I help you? (laughs) And I hadn't thought to think of what I should ask them for, or like maybe I know that day, but (laughs) if you do come to someone and specifically have exactly what you're looking for, that is probably maybe going to be very beneficial. Mm -hmm. Completely agree with that. So something to keep in mind. So your runway debut at New York Fashion Week was a show that we were at. Mm-hmm. Prabhu Garang, we love him. I love uh, Prabhu. Yes, he is wonderful. I'll be there on Thursday at the showroom. Oh, neat. Well, I'm Yeah. Thank you guys then, because we, we were there as well. With our, we made our cute parents come with us. <laughs> oh, oh my fun. Did they like it? Uh-huh, they, they had a great it. time. I bet they did. His shows are so joyful. And then for you all to have your boots there, just remarkable. It was really special. So tell us all about that experience and how it helped your business, all the things. Well, we were really grateful to Probble for uh, kind of giving us the opportunity. We'd wanted to kind of partner with a high-end fashion designer. um, And he was really interested in us because his uh, 10th anniversary show was who gets to be American. So it kind of, uh, he really wanted to pull in kind of an all Americana type experience, I guess, or, or aesthetic. That's the cowboy boot. boot. And so it was really neat. He like, he was very collaborative, which he didn't need to be. And I'm really grateful for, but he had us at his offices. We spent a ton of time going through, um, designs and colors. He has such an incredible eye for color. Um, and then we, uh, yeah, we built, um, I guess five, five styles of his six styles. Um, and, uh, and then they debuted on the runway at New York fashion week, which was so exciting. So mm-hmm. exciting. Um, and then we have hosted him in Dallas weeks later and did a mini runway show, um, at the mansion on turtle Creek, which is a great property it's here in fun. Dallas, uh, really iconic Dallas. And, and it was fun. We had like rodeo girls come in bearing his, uh, in like in full rodeo, uh, clothes, yeah. uh, 
like kind of bearing flags, you know, like they do at the grand entry at a rodeo that said like Mary Crosby um, lets cobbled grong. Well, and they were horseback. They were horseback. Yeah. And they came into the Yellow Rose of Texas. So we had our own kind of like spin on Oh my goodness. So margaritas and had a really big time. So it was fun. It was really, it was a neat experience. It was, a, I'm really grateful for how it kind of propelled us to um, another level, frankly, being associated with him. And, sure. he's really, and so. his, his mentorship, we certainly appreciate as yes. well. Mm-hmm. I bet he loved that. I bet he absolutely adored having that, that experience. We hope so. We hope it was fun. Oh, I'm sure he had a blast. Sarah, any takeaways from law school that you have applied to running a business? Certainly. So I, um, when I left New York, I decided to go back to school. Our brother is an attorney and I didn't really think I could have the kind of fashion career I had envisioned in Texas. So I decided to go back to school and, um, you know, while we were in law school, subsequently, well, excuse me, while I was in law school, we subsequently decided to launch Marin Crosby. So I finished and took the bar and I'm, I'm, I'm an attorney, although I obviously don't practice. But, you know, I think in law school, what I gleaned from it, of course, so many, you know, specific rules or laws, et cetera, et cetera. But um, what I think is most amazing about it is that I was, you know, really taught to think in a different way. And for the, you know, I remember first week of class, um, a professor walked in and asked, you know, details about a case. And at the end of the recitation, basically, he said, and Miss Means, do you agree with the court? And then I basically said, I don't. And here's why. And he said, OK, great. And he turned to the person next to me and he said, Miss Foley, do you agree with the court? And she said, well, I do. And um, he made us both stand up and then defend the side of the argument that we didn't agree with. And I think that through that exercise, I learned something so important kind of about life, even though I just laid out all the reasons I didn't agree with something I had to argue in front of, you know, hundred people, the side I necessarily didn't take. And I think that that was, is a great life lesson and something I always kind of try to think about is to look at everything from two sides and, um, you know, to really kind of contemplate the ramifications of a decision and just to remember that, you know, every, nothing's black and white. And um, I'm so grateful for that. That, that I did not see that coming. That is fascinating too. I mean, you flipped it on you like that and you had to. It's a little scary. I was someone else's shoes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's just been, it's been good in business too. I think Lizzie yes. and Lee, who um, is kind of our third partner, always really annoyed with me because I sit around and then ask, well, let's play devil's advocate and do mm-hmm. this, you know, all, I mean, all day. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's beneficial, I think. Yes. Yeah, so she, she's decisions. really good at like taking an objective approach and I, I, I kind of like lead with my emotions. So I'm right. well, that. that's when you have empathy for the other person, like what is the other person thinking that would make them come to this conclusion? Yeah. Exactly. Right. It's a good exercise. It really brings a lot of insight. I think it is a lesson that we can all learn. <laughs> so we are going to take that lesson forward with us as well. So for those of our listeners who are not from Texas and keep hearing you mention this ranch water, will you tell us about what it is, a recipe? Absolutely. That that we can do. That is at our skill level. Um, Ranch water or branch water? It's ranch water. Oh. Mm -hmm. So uh, ranch water is a cocktail. It's our signature Marin Crosby cocktail. um, And it is a Mexican mineral, sparkling mineral water called Topo Chico specifically. Uh-huh. It's Topo Chico and tequila uh-huh. with lots of fresh squeezed lime juice. And we always joke that we invented it because we <laughs> up, um, in far West Texas um, on the, on the border and um, had access to Topo Chico before it was mm-hmm. more widely distributed back in the day. It's subsequently been bought by Coca-Cola and oh, is yeah. available everywhere, but um, it's the very best. And a ranch water without Topo Chico is just a tequila soda. It is not the same thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and we're, we're quite particular, but it's fun. Uh, something we, we serve in our store and in our stores and um, always at our personal parties. And uh, it's quite refreshing. I encourage you to come have one with us. What was it like growing up on a ranch in Texas? We had a really special and idyllic childhood. It's very remote. Our home is about 40 miles from town um, and 16 of those are dirt road. Uh, So it took us about an hour to get to and from school both ways. But it's always kind of a hard question to answer just because, you know, our family, my dad was raised there and Mm -hmm. uh, been on the ranch for several generations. So we didn't know any different. Um, But we, you know, I think so much has come out of that. Probably part of the reason we're so close. Um, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. 
live and work on our ranch to this day. I mean, that's, um, you know, our mm-hmm. source of income and um, family legacy. And uh, it was fun. It was, it was really special. And West Texas is so beautiful. It's a really special part of the state. So come, um, come see us. Mm-hmm. What is the, I watched some of these episodes, but not for a while. The, the one, the, show with Kevin Costner right now. Oh, Yellowstone. Uh-huh. You know, it's so funny, actually, if I had a dollar for every time somebody asked me. I'm my sure. Uh, it is. Cert- I mean, similar, certainly, you know, the, the ranching part of it, it, you know, the day in and day out fact, uh-huh. you know, live that remotely and really do work cattle and, and do all of that mm-hmm. jazz. That, that having been said, I have don't have much experience with trapping my neighbors in a cattle guard. No. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> no, the, right. It's the beauty of the of the cinematography that I was thinking oh. of you all. Yeah, it's stunning. Isn't it? I believe it's filmed um somewhere in in uh where is Montana. It? in Montana. Montana. Yeah, it's, it's so beautiful. But um I'm I'm aware that the spin-off series is is filmed somewhere in Texas. So maybe oh, good. A yeah. similar to our floor at Yeah. Oh, I'll have to watch that too. Yes, and we're dying to go to Marfa, which I think is close to y'all. Very, yes. You'll have to let us know when you make plans to go out there. We've got a little um, traveler's list for you. <gasps> Great. It's a really special part of the world. You'll have a blast. Okay, good. Oh, my goodness. So much to look forward to. And then, Lizzie, congratulations. Baby number four has just arrived. So do you have any tips on running a business and raising a family? Well, actually, it's baby number five, which is oh my gosh. wild. Uh, I'm married a really cute boy, y'all, but this is fun. I know. Anyways, no, uh, you're, you're sweet. I, I feel like it's always the question, right? Like, how do you manage a family and run a business? If there was like a formula for it, I think it wouldn't be such a hot topic of conversation, especially with women. But you know, day to day, it looks a little bit different. I try to allow myself kind of the grace to let it be fluid, whether, you know, I came into this podcast from being at school, the school cafeteria, and we'll leave it a little bit for carpool. And again, Sarah and Lee are super, super gracious about understanding where my priorities need to be. And that said, I really, really love my work and I love to work. And I think that it's kind of neat to, to watch my children um, take interest in what I'm doing. And I've even been able to kind of like include them some, which is all that makes it all the more special, but you know, I, I guess I really lean into a, a village. I've got great help and wonderful friends. And I love that, you know, my kids are really comfortable with other people and that other people can nurture them and, and, and love them and support them in ways that, um, that Seth and I running our own businesses can't always, um, I think there's something, something really beautiful about that. It's kind of the village mentality. And, um, and I also too think that something that is overlooked really frequently, but I think is so meaningful. I was telling Sarah this other day, like taking time, yes, for myself, but also to be with my husband or, you know, your partner, uh, whoever that might be to really kind of lean into each other and fill each other's cups. There's something about when we are in a good kind of rhythm, I think that we are, our household just runs a little bit better, you know, it, like we're kind of on the same page about everything and I feel supported. He feels supported. So I think taking time to really care for each other is a, it was a really sweet piece of advice that sometimes is overlooked. I love that answer. Thank you for saying that. Cause in, you know, growing up in the South, you have, or just anywhere, there's examples of all kinds of families. So I think working women running businesses. Yes. I know it's very hard for sure, but I also like the children seeing that and growing up with that as an example and everything. I think it's really cool. Mm-hmm. I would think that growing up on the ranch, you all had a lot of people around. We did. And like, you know, we think of them as like other parents. Exactly. <laughs> so, exactly. So I think that's a sweet, maybe that's why I'm, you know, right. kind of perspective I do. Um, but again, like we would, you know, we learned their culture and, they were exposed to a lot because of them. And I'm really grateful for that. Mm-hmm. I, I can only imagine. So what's next for you all? Oh, um, well, we have some exciting stuff going on. Actually, Maren Crosby is turning five in June. Wow. So we are doing um, a really special capstone collection about that. So keep um, keep that on your radar because it's going to be pretty special. Um, and we have some really fun events coming up, both at our Dallas and Aspen stores. So watch for that. And um, we'll be we'll be in Aspen uh, quite a bit and also here in Dallas and would love to see you guys. So let us know if you're ever down south. Mm-hmm. We would love to be both places. 
And when you mentioned color with Prabal, we had the head of the Color Institute at Pantone, Lee, on our podcast. So listen to that episode. She talked all about the color of the year for 2022 and people who are color obsessed, like I think probably all of us are. It was really fascinating to what hear. Job. I want that job. And then I want the job of whoever names nail polish is at OPI. Oh, right. Exactly. Right. She names, literally names the colors for Pantone. It's insane. Crazy cool. So tell us where can people find you personally and the business? Thanks. Uh, We are on Instagram at Miran Crosby. Obviously have MirrenCrosby.com is a great place to keep up with what's going on. I think Instagram and the website are the best places. Yes, perfect. Website, we've got stores and Instagram, social media. So we have digitally and in person, which I think is super important, especially for these, for cowboy boots. I've been really wanting a new pair of cowboy boots and I just can't pull the trigger because I just really need to go to a store and try them all on. It's like overwhelming. I want them all. And (laughs) I don't know. It is easier in person, Um, but let us know. We're happy to work remotely and we do that a lot with customers too. So Mm -hmm. always feel free to send us an email or a DM and we can help you. Right. I mean, you need to warn people when they open this, your website, that they're going to immediately be Totally overwhelmed with joy and confusion on how to pick just one. Well, that means a lot coming, especially Mm -hmm. from you guys. So thank you for saying that, guys. Mm -hmm. Thank you so much, both of you, for taking the time to be with us and talk about the brand. If you need anything else, let us know. Any clarification or anything else, please let us know. Okay. It was a pleasure to visit with you guys. We'll um, have to call you uh, for a cocktail when we're in the city next. Oh, please do. Okay. Thank you for tuning into this episode on the Style That Binds Us podcast. If you like this podcast, make sure to tell a friend and subscribe. You can be a part of growing with us. Also, do you know about our weekly newsletter? You'll get access to exclusive content in our newsletter that we don't post anywhere else. Our newsletter comes out every Tuesday with the exception of the third Thursday of the month for Allison's special Celebrating Life After 40 edition. Head to the bottom of the Style That Binds Us website to subscribe.